Good morning again. If I don't say that, I don't start right. You know, you have to start right. I guess you've sort of picked up this morning, haven't you, that we're sort of talking about bodies and one body and things like that. I think this chapter that we read together this morning sums up that, that little phrase, that topic, that, that heading. We belong to each other. No escaping that, brothers and sisters. No escaping that. You may not like me, but I'm part of you. All right? And vice versa. The last few weeks, the last week and this week and next week, we're going to be looking at that word belong. We told you that. And uh, Josh uh, started it off last week. Now, the word belong is an interesting word. It, it has two aspects. The, the, the obvious one, which uh, Josh talked about last week, is ownership. We said that, didn't we? Here we go. Is ownership. And, and that means property or possession of. For example... You have to say that that really nifty white sports car that's in the in the car park belongs to Fiona. She bought it. She paid for it. It's hers. It belongs to her. Jeff has no part in it, right, Jeff? <laughs> so that's possession. That's belonging. That car belongs to Fiona. She paid for it. It's hers. And last week, Josh pointed out to us, didn't he, that we belong to the Lord. And there's a little verse in 1 Corinthians 6 and 20. Many of you probably know it. It says, you are not your own. You were bought with a price. And we explored that together last week. But this week... I'd like to look at the second aspect of belong or belonging. And that's the idea of association. Association. And that means to bear a relationship to something as a member, an adherent, or as a follower. That sort of fits the church, doesn't it? And it's this aspect that I'd like to explore with you this morning, the belonging to a church, a body, an organisation. In fact, we've just become an association, haven't we? Just recently. Would you turn with me? I make no apologies for reading you another big chunk of God's word, but it's just necessary to make sure that what we say is based on the word of God. It's not just my opinion or my thoughts, but it's God's word. Could you turn with me now to First John chapter 3, and we'll read some verses there together. It's a great passage, 1 John chapter 3, uh, verse 11. This is the message you heard from the beginning. We should love one another. Do not be like Cain, who belonged to the evil one and murdered his brother. And why did he murder him? Because his own actions were evil and his brothers were righteous. Do not be surprised, my brothers, if the world hates you. We know that we have passed from death to life because we love 
our brothers. Anyone who does not love remains in death. Anyone who hates his brother is a murderer, and you know that no murderer has eternal life in him. This is how we know what love is. Christ laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers. Our brothers, and it would include sisters, of course. If anyone has material possessions and sees his brother in need, but has no pity on him, how can the love of God be in him? Dear children, let us not love with words or tongue, but with actions and in truth. This then is how we know that we belong to the truth and how we set our hearts at rest in his presence. Wherever our hearts condemn us, for God is is greater than our hearts and he knows everything. Dear friends, if our hearts do not condemn us, we have confidence before God and receive from him anything we ask because we obey his commands and do what pleases him. And this is the command, to believe in the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and to love one another as he has commanded us. And, and that's a, an interesting passage. You might think, well, how does that all fit in with the body thing that we were mentioning before? Well, there's four aspects in that passage that, that talk about belonging. First of all, it tells us very clearly that we belong, right? We belong to either one group or the other. There's nothing in between, brothers and sisters. It says there they either belong to the evil one or to God. There is nothing in between. And that's found in verses 12 and 19. It also then, this passage identifies, it clearly marks by, by, by our actions, our characteristics. There are evil actions and there are the actions of God, which is the actions of love. And it's, it has to be evident. It has to be displayed. can't just be talked about. Then there's the, the, uh, uh, the, the idea of obedience. No matter which group you're in, you obey the master of that group, whether it's the evil one or God. And we get that idea in, uh, in John as well that, uh, you know, we start off being, you know, belonging to the evil one, the, uh, Satan, the father of lies, who is your father. And then the last little aspect is the command that's been given the command to love one another and that's one that we talk about a lot we do we talk about a lot we hope that we live it out but it's also a very complicated one to work out to actually work out in practice and that's what we're going to look at this morning association first corinthians chapter 12 verses 12 to 27 to bear a relationship as a member I know you're expecting this, so I'm not going to let you down. I looked it up. I looked up the word belong and belongings. And, you know, it's good to do that. It's good to do that. I've told you that. I've passed on the the thing that I learned from somebody. But if you ever get the opportunity, just click over to synonyms. That's really interesting too. I know. I live a boring life, I know. But... You know, you know what a synonym is? It's a different word that has the same meaning. And it's really good because it elaborates sometimes what the word belong in this instance means. 
and in context of the where it's found. But as, long, as well as a word, sometimes they'll put a little phrase together in the synonyms. And here's a couple that came up in belong. I think it's fascinating, you know, it really is. Another word for belong means to be attached to. And there was another one, be a part of. That's what it means to belong. It also means to be connected to. Huh? Connected to. And then the last one was to be linked with. Oh, I love that. I love that. That helped me so much in putting this message together. I really did. Because that's what belong means. Brothers and sisters, it's no coincidence that the passage that we read in Corinthians just illustrates those, those four things. And it's no coincidence that God uses the human body that we know so well, we know intimately, we look at it every day and we attend to it every day, as long as we live. It's no coincidence that he uses that to illustrate the relationship of his church with his son, first of all, but also the way you and I need to interact. It's used to illustrate how, how we, you and I, fit together, how we work together, how we connect with each other. And if you read through the passage, it also talks about how we suffer together. It's interesting. I hope that you can enjoy what God has presented to us here in his word. In Colossians 2 and verse 19, there's this little little verse here, and it says, he has lost connection with the head. Talking about... You know, false teachers uh, that wanted to go back to, to teaching the Old Testament practices. And this is what, what uh, the Apostle said, he has lost the connection with the head from whom the whole body, supported and held together by its ligaments and sinews, grows as God causes it to grow. Right through the New Testament, right through, we have Christ spoken of as the head of the church. Um, Evan alluded to that in, and referred to that already. And right through the New Testament as well, you and I, the church, is referred to as, amongst other things, the body, the body of Christ and our relationship with him. And, 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 we, and, and quite rightly, we get taken up with that. We think about it, we pray about it, we praise God about it, we, we get taught it from the pulpit. We need to, to appreciate that and understand it in order for us to, to grow and to understand how we interact with the Lord. Absolutely. But brothers and sisters, have we ever really considered our relationship with one another? Have we ever thought about that? That's just as important just as important. God says so. Just as important. Because, you know, we don't just belong to Christ. It's a good thing to belong to Christ, don't get me wrong. I hope we all belong to the Lord here this morning. But we just don't belong to Christ, we belong to each other. I think that's quite evident in just this one passage that we've looked at. And the heart and the mind of God is that that is the case. 
We're not individuals doing our own thing. The Christian, as far as God is concerned, is that we are interdependent, not independent. Got that? Interdependent. We, we depend on each other. In spiritual things, even in practical things, the Bible says so. You know, that, those three words are contrary to man's nature. Inter, interdependent, not independent. It's contrary because, you know, I don't like being told what to do. I don't like the government telling me what I should do and I don't like dietitians telling me what I should eat. I don't like my doctor telling me that I have to take statins. I don't like people telling me what to do. I'm glad Pauline's not here. (laughs) But, I mean, seriously, that's what we're like. We're rebellious by nature. God says so and we prove it every day. In many ways. We don't want to be dependent on people, especially as we become adults. We like to think that we can do things ourselves, think for ourselves, spend for ourselves. In fact, that's a little bit of a God complex, isn't it? We want to be our own God. No one's going to tell me what to do. I've told this story many a time, but I'm going to tell it again because Tiff's not here. When my two girls were growing up, you know, and you always leave the, the eldest one in charge, you know, and the rest of it. Anyway, we did that one time with two Tiffs, and we'd have to go outside, you know. And uh, Tiff, you're in charge. So, of course, Tiff, Tiff's very responsible. She was in charge. And, and we heard, we, we heard, we were out just outside doing stuff, and we heard this voice, this little voice from Kimberly, our other daughter, and she said, Tiff's obviously said something, and with a big, loud voice, my daughter Kim says, you're not the boss of me. So even as a little girl, little child, we have this desire to be our own boss and not have people tell us what to do. But as the body, as the body, we have a responsibility, brothers and sisters, to one another. That's what 1 Corinthians talks about. I know that it's referring, this passage primarily is the teaching about uh, the regarding of spiritual gifting, but, but it's also an illustration. It's used so many times by, by Bible scholars and theologians and, and preachers to illustrate the unity, the, the connectedness of, of people that belong to a church, the fitting of, of Believers, no matter how big they are or how small they are, how they fit together as members or associates of the body of Christ. Universally, of course, but locally of far more importance for us to understand how we fit together. What a motley group we are. eh? We really are. But God intends us to fit together, to be linked, to be connected, to be a part of his plan. In Montmorency. You know, the Holy Spirit on, on, on our confession of faith, on our, on our realization that we need to repent before God and ask for forgiveness, He baptizes us into the body of Christ. That's something that's a doctrine. And we know about it. And we can sort of say it. But do we understand what it means? 
Very simple. Hear what it, here's what it means. When you do that, when you confess Jesus Christ to be your Lord and Saviour, you are permanently changed membership. You have permanently changed membership from Satan's family to God's family. That's what happens. And it's permanent. You can read about that in John 8, 44 and 1 John 3, 8 to 10. You and I, you and I, I think I've, I've forgotten a few things. Here we go. Yes, here it comes. You and I are brothers and sisters because we belong to the family of God. That's why I call you brothers and sisters. I could call you folks, loved ones, dear ones, but I, pre- I prefer to call you brothers and sisters. I've only got one brother, you know. I sort of feel like I've missed out. I don't have a sister. Yeah, so I love calling you brothers and sisters because that's how I feel that you are to me. You're my brothers and sisters. And every family that you can think of has that responsibilities to one another. Each member in a family has responsibilities. Yeah, in our, in our, you know, family relationships, you know, usually somebody, somebody has to mow the lawn and dad makes sure that that responsibility is handed out to somebody. The pets. Somebody has to clean out the bird cage. Remember that? What about the bins? Someone's responsible for that. You dolled out, isn't it? Yeah. Which one did you have, Chris? What, did, what was your main one? When you were growing up at home. Growing up, I had lots of chores. Yeah. Your dad's here, so you have, you have to tell the truth. You see, you know, you know, you know what's, tro- what's wrong with the Ryder family? They had no sisters. <laughs> Me too. I had to cook. I had to learn to sew. I helped my mum with the ironing. So I, I sympathise with you, mate. I really do. Anyway, but you can see that uh, uh, even in our in our daily living, the, the family life requires responsibilities to be shared. And if someone failed in their responsibility, the, the family suffered. Things weren't getting done. In every family, there are responsibilities. And in God's family, same thing. We have responsibilities to one another, things to do, things to be mindful of. Now, this this passage uh, talks about the importance of the members, of every member. What's the most important member? Was it the nose, the ear, the hand? What, What was the most important member in this passage? There wasn't one, was there? When you read the passage carefully and think about it, there was no member that was more important than the other. Every member in the body of Christ has to perform its particular function. Every single one. And they have specific functions. Just like in our physical body, you know, the hand doesn't do any looking, right? And the feet don't do any listening. And the ears don't do any walking. I know it sounds ridiculous. That's what Paul was trying to allude to here. And that's why he, he writes, he uses a little bit of wit and humour to prove a point, to drive it home. You know, the little toe. What's the purpose of our little toe? Is it just to find the corners of the furniture? Is that the reason for it? It's not, is it? It's not. Because when you do find the corner of the furniture with your little toe, the whole body 
not just feels it, but is affected by it. You're limping. You can't put your shoe on. You can't run. Yeah. I tore a tendon in my forearm late September. Still suffering for it. And because I'm, I'm really right-handed, I really can't do very much with my left hand. I have to do all the fine motor skills with my right hand. So all the strength comes, in, comes from my left arm, left-handed. And, and my osteo tells me that, you know, this arm is more developed and it's got more strength in it. But brothers and sisters, right up until a couple of weeks ago, I could not even pick up my cup of coffee with this left hand. There was just very so little strength in it, that tendon. And it's so small. And it's taken so long to repair. And it's still not 100%. So just a little tendon affects my whole body, how I work. I had to think about picking up my coffee like this, you know. See, I mean, it's funny, but it's true. You know it's true. You've experienced similar things. I'm no more important a member in this church than you are, Elizabeth. No more important. And Elizabeth, you're no more important than, than this lady over here, Elaine or, or, or Josh over there. You're no more important. It's a bit sad when you think about the fact that um, we've lost some members of the church and when I think about that, it really affects me. It really hurts to think that people have left. It's as if I've taken a, a serious injury, you know, broken ribs. You've ever had broken ribs? Oh, very painful. Can't move much. That's how it feels like. Whenever, you know, as elders, we've spoken to the people that have left and the things that they've said. And it hurts. Brothers, it hurts to lose a member of a family. You know, the Willets, they're hurting. They're suffering. But we are all, all of us, of vital importance to this church, to the health of this church and to the wealth. And by that I mean the blessing that God intends for this church to have. We are all vital to it. I'm no more important than you are, but we are all vital, every single one of us. I don't know who the oldest person is here now. Now, we always, always pick on Rob, didn't we? He was, for some reason, he was a designated oldest person. Who, who would the youngest person here be? No, not you, Con, don't tell lies. <laughs> oh, look, hey, Josh, Josh, is that Josh there? He's hiding, yeah. Yeah, he'd be the youngest person. So from, our, from the oldest person to the, old, to the youngest person in this church at Montmorency, you're all vital, every single one of you. Every single one of you. And it even says there, doesn't it, that, that, that we should have equal concern. Who should I be worried about the most? As an elder, I have to give care and pastoral care to you. Who should I give it to the most? Who's the most worthy? Equal concern. No one's more important. Now, God did not create our bodies to perform a single function. We can perform many things, many functions, and it's the same with his church. If you've got your Bible open still, could you go back to the passage that we're looking at in Corinthians chapter 12? 
verse 18. You've heard me say how much I love the word of God and I just find it amazing, you know, what God has shared with us. Just in that one little verse, have a look what it says. It says, but in fact, God... Now, you know, in context of this chapter, this passage in this chapter, I reckon you should, you should mark that word God there. It's important. It's important that we remember who's doing all this. God. So mark it in your, underline it. Of course, if you're using a pew, no, if you're using a pew Bible, mark it in there as well. So the next person that reads it can understand that the person that's put this church together, is God. Remember that. But in fact, God has arranged the parts in the body. That's what it says. Not the elders or the pastor or the reverend or the uh, leadership council. God. Every one of them. Not some, not the most important, the ones that went to the Bible college or the really smart ones. Every one of them, brothers, every one of you, God has thought about you and said, he's that, he's that, he's an eye, he's an ear, he's a foot, he's a toe. doesn't matter because God has arranged it, every one of them. And it says they're just as he wanted them to be. Interesting verse, isn't it? I've I, I put that, the exclamation mark, that's, that's mine. That's, I, I put that in. I took the liberty. Because I find that verse liberating. I don't have to worry about it, whether I'm talented enough or gifted enough or anything. Whatever, wherever God has put me in the body, he's made sure that I can perform the task. You know? It would be silly for, for God to say, Raph, uh, you're, a, you're a leg... And then I can't move. I can't use my leg. That's ridiculous. Or if he says, you're an ear and I'm deaf. That's ridiculous. That's abnormal, isn't it? Even in in a natural world. Have we ever really seriously thought about this verse, brothers and sisters? Have you ever seriously thought about this personally? God has arranged you has put you, placed you into this body to perform a function. Body parts belong to a body, a particular body. They really do. You may think to yourself, oh, you know, I don't know, know, God's given me a gift, but I don't think I should be using it here at Monty. I don't know if you remember this story. I'm not going to tell you all the fine details because it's pretty gruesome. But in February 6, 2015, in the Maribyrnong Creek, near, near Mooney Ponds, there were body parts found. Now, I know that area really well. Freaked me out when I heard about it because I knew exactly where they found the, those parts. First of all, they found an arm and then a few other bits, bits and pieces of the body. Of course, the police went there, the divers, and they found more bits and pieces. But initially, they couldn't work out who the arm belonged to, whether it was a male or female arm. They certainly didn't know the person it belonged to. But then as they started to find more body parts, you know, they found the other arm, another arm. 
And on that arm was a tattoo. No hands on it for fingerprints, just an arm, a forearm, but it had a tattoo on it. And from that tattoo, they worked out it was a male. And they worked out the identity of the person, the criminal and all the rest of it, but, you know. And I thought that was fascinating, that, that it, it took a, a, a distinguishing feature on the forearm to, to find out. They knew it was an arm, and they knew what arms do, and they knew it belonged to either a female or a male, but until they found that, that particular tattoo, did they work out who it belonged to. We belong to the Lord. We are part of his body. And God arranged you to be here in this body at Montmorency. Only when we belong, sorry, only when all the members that belong to the body work and function as they should will there be ongoing health and, and, and growth. In this place here at Montmorency, in a healthy body of believers, all the members depend on each other. All of us. All of us. It took me a long time to work that out, you know. I used to wonder about the older brethren that used to do the teaching and the preaching and all the rest of thinking, they don't need anything. They know it all. They've been a Christian a long time. And I, I spoke to one of them many years ago in the church that I was at. And he explained to me how he struggles every day with sin. And he gets discouraged. And occasionally he, he, he felt that isolated at work. He was the only Christian there standing. And I thought, wait a minute, that's how I feel. I feel like that. And he was the elder at the church, did most of the preaching. It showed me that he was just a part of the body and he had needs and he depended on me and others in the church to meet those needs. It woke me up, brothers and sisters, woke me up. Not only do we depend on each other, but all the members help each other to function as God intended this church and other churches like it to function. God depends on us to do what we're supposed to do. You know, in our... In our um, Okay. Uh, in our, in our uh, priorities, uh, strategic priority, those four words, the word thing underneath for, for, for uh, belong is to maintain a culture and environment that provides a sense of belonging. That's what it says that it means. That's what we're supposed to be doing. To maintain a culture and environment that provides a sense of belonging. Who's responsible for that? Is it just me and Josh and Andrew, the three elders? Oh, no, the deacons too. And the ministry? No, it's everybody. We are all responsible to maintain that culture and that environment. You are the culture. You are the environment of this church. We all are. Here's a man on the screen. Do you know who he is? Aaron yeah, Aaron Sandilands. The bloke next to him is a big bloke. But have a look at Aaron Sandilands. Why is he up there? You know, we're, we're footy crazy here in Victoria, so I'll just put that up as an illustration. Because we're going to finish up with, with verse 26 where it talks one body, one part suffers, all suffer. The whole body suffers. One part is honoured, it's all honoured. Aaron Sanderlands. 
is 211 centimetres tall. He's the tallest, equal tallest player that it's ever played, um, AFL. He's six foot eleven. He's nearly seven foot. Big bloke. Big bloke. Good player. Even though he doesn't play for Essendon, he's still a good player, isn't he? Yeah, he's a good player. Plays for Fremantle. He 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 almost lost an entire season of footy. He he played only two games because he had a toe injury. Big toe injury. The big toe. I mean, it's not the little toe, but the big toe. You know, it's about what, this big. He broke it. They couldn't fix it. Got infected. Have to have an operation. That big bloke could not play football for nearly a whole season because his toe, his big toe, wasn't doing what it's supposed to be doing. Wasn't performing the function that it was supposed to be doing. So he missed out on playing a year of football. And his team, the Dockers, they felt it, brothers and sisters. He's vital to their team. They still played football. They still had another person doing the ruck. But they weren't playing as they should be playing, as they would like to have been playing with Aaron Sandlin's playing. That's just an illustration. Because, brothers and sisters, in verse... In verse 26, it tells us there, uh, if one part suffers, it also, they all, all the parts of the body suffer. The whole body suffered. And if one part is honoured, all parts are honoured. I'm thinking of, I couldn't find a picture of Usain Bolt. Usain Bolt, fastest man ever on the earth, 100 metres, very fast. I watch him, I used to sprint at school, I watch him, I'm amazed at how fast he is. So when we think about Usain Bolt, you know, you that, yeah? do we honour his feet and his legs? Because that's what gets him to the end of the finish line really quick, you know. You, you should, you should see, you should, I mean as a sprinter, I watch this man, his technique, his legs, the way they, they pump, you know, and they, it's unbelievable because you know, you, know you, you could be running up on up and down in one spot if you don't have the right technique. His technique is fantastic. Do we honour his feet, his legs? No, we honour the man, the whole body. Usain Bolt—that's who he is. The whole body. That's the illustration. Are you doing your part? It's, it's not a challenge, brothers. I'm asking the question. Are you doing your part here at Montmorency, in the body here? Are you doing your part? Are you? I need you. I need you to do your part. I have needs too. As a believer, I have needs. I need you to be functioning as God intends so that my spiritual needs are met. I have spiritual needs, just like you have. Are you doing your part? Because I need you. I need you to be doing that. I'm a bit behind. I've got to ask this question. Do you know what your part is? Because sometimes that is an issue. Do you know what your part is? Do you know where you belong in this body here at Montmorency? Do you know? If you don't know, come and see me. 
or Josh or Andrew, one of the elders. We'll help you to see if we can work out where you belong. Because you're part of it. You are. You're part of it, whether you like it or not. And we need you. We need you to be functioning in the God-given task and function he had in mind for you when he arranged this body here at Montmorency. You know, our church could be running, sprinting, winning the race in style like Usain Bolt. Or we could end up getting to the finishing line, limping, struggling, straggling, dead last. The Bible says it's important to finish, but also says that we we should run well. I'd like to see this church run well in Montmorency, in the community, because, you know, Andrew's going to tell us next week, we belong in the community and they need us. They need us healthy. They need us to be functioning well as a healthy body functions well in order that they might be blessed, that they might hear the gospel, that they have a hope for eternity. Are you living up to your responsibilities? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you uh, this morning for the opportunity to open your word. Father, I thank you for the things you have shared with us and, and made us made known to us from your word. Some things, Father, are difficult to understand. It takes us a while to get a grip on what it is you have us say. But, Father, this passage that we've looked at this morning, it's not hard. Paul explained it very simply with a bit of sarcasm, a bit of wit perhaps, just to illustrate it's not hard to understand. But, Father, the, the importance of it is vital. Father, we, we, we know that sometimes we don't live as we ought to and it affects us as individuals. But Father, when we don't function in the body as you desired us to, it not only affects us as individuals, but it affects the whole body. Help us, Father, to recognise that and realise that and have the courage to put it right. Heavenly Father, I just pray that you would help us take up our responsibility, recognise that you have given us a task to perform for you in this church and in this community of Montmorency. And I pray that your name would be blessed and honoured in in us doing this very thing. I thank you, Father, for the opportunity to worship together and pray together and hear your word together. Blessed to us, we pray. Amen.